Good morning, and welcome to Simply Sports. It's Thursday, January 25th. On today's show, Sue is set to defend his title against Thurman, and Bopana and Ebden reach another slam doubles final. Plus, the Warriors return to court, honoring brother Milojevic. This coverage and more, up next. I'm David, and you're listening to Simply Sports. We start off with an exciting update from the world of boxing. Tim Tsu is set to defend his WBO junior middleweight title against Keith Thurman on March 30th in Las Vegas. This 154-pound title bout will headline PBC's first pay-per-view as part of its new deal with Amazon's Prime Video. Here to discuss this further is Michael, a correspondent for Simply Sports. Can you tell us more about CU's journey to this title defense? Certainly, David. Xu, who is 24-0 with 17 KOs, had a breakthrough year in 2023 with wins over former title holder Tony Harrison, Carlos Ocampo, and Brian Mendoza. After his win over Mendoza in October, the 29-year-old Australian announced that he would campaign in the U.S. going forward. Being the son of Hall of Fame boxer Kostya Chu, Tim Chu is now looking to make his mark in the States, starting with this fight against Thurman. And what can you tell us about his opponent, Keith Thurman? Thurman, a former unified welterweight champion, is one of the best 148-pound fighters of the previous decade. He has a career record of 30-1 to with 22 KOs. His only loss came against the legendary Manny Pacquiao in July 2019. However, Thurman has been largely inactive, with his only fight since the defeat to Pacquiao coming in February 2022, when he defeated Mario Barrios by unanimous decision. This fight against Xu will end a 25-month layoff for Thurman. So Thurman is moving up a weight class to challenge Xu. How significant is this? It's quite significant, David. Xu is ESPN's number two boxer at 154 pounds. He was set to challenge Jermel Charlo for the undisputed junior middleweight championship last January before Charlo withdrew with a hand injury. Xu went on to win the WBO's interim title and was later elevated to champion when Charlo was stripped. Thurman, on the other hand, has quality decision victories over Sean Porter and Danny Garcia. It will be interesting to see how he fares in a higher weight class. What does this fight mean for PBC's partnership with Amazon's Prime Video? This fight marks the start of PBC's partnership with Amazon's Prime Video. The pay-per-view will also be available on linear television. PBC has been Showtime's main boxing provider since 2013, but the network announced in October it would disband its sports programming. This new partnership with Amazon's Prime Video could mark a new era for boxing broadcasts. That's certainly something to watch. Thanks. That was Simply Sports reporter Michael. Now, let's switch gears to tennis where veteran Indian player Rohan Bopana and his Australian partner, Matthew Ebden, have made it to their second consecutive Grand Slam men's doubles final. The duo now ranked second in men's doubles beat Zhang Zizhen of China and Tomas Machak of Czech Republic in an Australian Open semifinal. Bella, our correspondent for Simply Sports, is here to provide more details. Can you elaborate on the performance of Bopana and Ebden in this tournament? Certainly, David. Bopana, aged 43, and Ebden, 36, displayed exceptional skill and tenacity in their semifinal match. They won the first set 6-3, 
lost the second 3-6, and then clinched the victory with a 7-6 win in the third set. They had a 4-1 lead in the third set before Zhang and Machak forced it to a match tiebreaker. It's worth noting that this duo lost to Rajiv Ram and Joe Salisbury in the U.S. Open final last September. That's quite a comeback. And I understand there's a significant record on the horizon for this pair. Yes, that's correct. Tournament officials have announced that Bopana and Ebden, with their combined ages of 79 years, will become the oldest number one pairing in tennis history at the end of the tournament. That's quite an achievement. Indeed it is. And who will they be facing in the final? In the final, Bopana and Ebden will be up against the Italian pair of Simone Bolelli and Andrea Vavasori. The Italian duo secured their place in the final by defeating Yannick Hanfmann and Dominic Kopfer of Germany in a later semifinal. And what about the women's doubles? In the first women's doubles semifinal, Xie Su Wei of Taiwan and Elise Mertens of Belgium, the number two seeded team beat third seeded Storm Hunter of Australia and Katerina Siniakova of Czech Republic. The other women's doubles semifinal will be played Friday ahead of Sunday's final. And finally, can you give us an update on the women's singles? The women's singles semifinals were set for Thursday night with U.S. Open champion Coco Goff playing defending champion Arena Sabalenka, followed by Diana Yastremska against Zhang Chinwen. The winners will play in the final on Saturday. Thank you, Bella, for the latest from the Australian Open. In other sports news, the Golden State Warriors returned to the court for the first time in nine days following the tragic death of assistant coach Dejan Milojevic. The team's first game back was filled with poignant tributes and emotional moments. Here to discuss this further is our correspondent from Simply Sports. Indeed, David. This was an unprecedented situation for everyone involved. Coach Steve Kerr encouraged his team to dive in headfirst and get lost in the game, which he believed was the best way for the players to take their minds off the sorrow they've been feeling. Can you tell us more about the tributes that took place before and during the game? Certainly. Before the game, both the Warriors and the Atlanta Hawks stood side by side on the sideline, wearing matching shirts that read Brait, the Serbian word for brother. The shirts also featured a heart with the initials DM inside, a logo that the Warriors will wear on their jerseys for the rest of the season. On the back of the shirt was Milojevic's nickname, Deki. Players from other teams, including Luka Doncic of the Dallas Mavericks and Boban Marjanovic of the Houston Rockets, also wore these shirts. And there was a special moment involving the national anthem, wasn't there? Yes, after a minute-long ovation in honor of Milojevic, the national anthem of Serbia, his home country, was played. This was followed by the U.S. national anthem, after which the Warriors players removed their tribute jerseys and placed them on the seat that Milojevic used to occupy during his time with the team. How did the team manage to play amidst such emotional circumstances? It was undoubtedly a challenging game for the Warriors. Many players were in tears as the game tipped off. However, as the game progressed, they managed to do what Coach Kerr advised them to do and what they knew Milojevic would have wanted them to do. They got lost in the game. As we reflect on the significant loss of Dejan Milojevic and its impact on the Golden State Warriors, we also turn our attention to another pressing issue in the sports world. Tennis legends Chris Everett and Martina Navratilova have voiced their opposition to the possibility of the 2024 
WTA finals being held in Riyadh, Saudi Arabia. They have expressed their concerns in a joint opinion piece for the Washington Post, stating that such a move would be entirely incompatible with the spirit and purpose of women's tennis and the WTA itself. James, our correspondent for Simply Sports, is here to delve deeper into this issue. Can you tell us more about their concerns? Certainly, David. Evert and Navratilova, both former world number ones and 18-time major singles champions, have highlighted Saudi Arabia's record of human rights violations, particularly in regard to the treatment of women and members of the LGBTQ community. They argue that staging the WTA final in Saudi Arabia would represent not progress, but significant regression. What are they suggesting the WTA should do about this? They're urging the WTA to have an open, honest discussion before committing to the location. They've also called for presentations to be made to players by human rights experts. Moreover, they're encouraging the organization to put a human rights framework into place to protect its players and others if the event was to be held in the country. This isn't the first time the WTA has considered a partnership with Saudi Arabia, is it? That's correct. There was speculation about a partnership between the WTA and Saudi Arabia last year, with the capital city being considered to host the 2023 WTA finals. However, following backlash and criticism, the event was ultimately held in Cancun, Mexico. What's the perspective of other players on this issue? Former world number one Caroline Wozniacki has expressed a different viewpoint. She believes that the inevitable influx of sports funding in Saudi Arabia could potentially lead to positive changes in the country. However, Evert and Navratilova have stated that they would be more open to playing in Saudi Arabia after such changes have occurred. What about the men's tennis circuit? Have they engaged with Saudi Arabia? Yes, tennis governing bodies and several top players have already begun building relationships with the Middle Eastern nation. The ATP held its 2023 next-gen finals event in Jeddah and it was announced to be the host city for the year-end event through 2027. Players like Novak Djokovic, Arena Sabalenka, Ons Jabeur, Carlos Alcaraz, and even Rafael Nadal, who was announced as the ambassador for the Saudi Tennis Federation, have participated in events in Saudi Arabia. This is certainly a contentious issue. Thanks for the insights, James. And with that, we wrap up our stories for today on Simply Sports. We'll see you back here tomorrow.